Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Adventures in Careerland. I am Iano Magnifico, and I am your host. I'm the career and entrepreneurship consultant for the Louis Riel School Division. And in this division, we have some very unique programming. One of the programs is the Broadcast Media Program, and that's where we are. We're in the studio of the Broadcast Media Program, and we are in our podcast. We're live with a very cool board. Like, it just gets me all excited. It's like Star Trek, and I feel like I'm on the bridge of the S. The SS Enterprise, N, what's the number? NCC 1701. That's where we're at. And I'm joined ably by my assistants, my student producers, who are students in this program, which is honestly one of the gems of the 13 programs in this building, the Arts and Technology Center. And they're learning how to be broadcast media people. They're learning how to figure out what skills they want, what's important to them, what values they have. And one day they're going to want a job. And that's Zoe Kruzek. Zoe, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Are you excited by being in the broadcast media program? Yes. Okay, why? Mainly just a different experience in normal school. And this is something I'm interested in. I want to go into like the film and like television industry as a career eventually. Well, so. you have a great voice. Uh, and Akira Sakaki, who is also in the program, but a year older because he's already graduated. He's a high school graduate from Windsor Park Collegiate. Zoe isn't. She's graduating shortly through the program, acquiring some credits through the program. But Akira, what have you learned in this program? What are you hoping to get out of it? You know, one of my favorite things that I've, we've learned really is the Adobe Suite. Uh, I've had some, I've had past experience with Adobe, but now we're getting more into like editing, like footage and films and all that. We're doing a short film right now. And that's one of my favorite things to do, just the editing parts. So that's one of my favorite things I've gotten out of this so, so far. So is it fair to say you two love being in this creative enterprise, the creative arts? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you don't want to be accountants or things like that? No. no. <laughs> Collective, no. That's very nice. Well, you know what? You're super lucky today because this show, they were in season three. Season three, episode three. And this show is going to be a doozy because I've gone to the archives to find this guest way back when. And this was way back in 1990. I was a teacher at River East Collegiate. Back then, the best school in the province. Maybe the country, maybe the world. I'm not sure. And I was fortunate to have this student in my class. So I'd like to introduce to you Dave Bastel, who is a broadcast media person. His life has been broadcast media, and he's been on a number of, of uh, really important national radio shows and TV shows. So it's pretty cool. And I've watched his ascension with great interest because whenever I have a student, I always feel like he's one of mine. So David Bastel, how are you, sir? Hi, it's uh, great to be here. And, and thanks for the awesome introduction. Uh, it's, uh, this is going to be a lot of fun. You know what, Dave? What we do here is uh, we talk about life being a student. And we talk about the decisions you make as a student, uh, what you learn going through life. And down the road, we're going to ask you, what would you tell a grade 11? I mean, you were in my class in 1989 or 90, 91, I think it was 90. Do you yeah, remember, so I think it was 91, 91. Yeah, that yeah. sounds right. Do you remember sitting in that class? What was going through your head? <laughs> uh, I do. I do. And uh, <laughs> hey, you know what? All seriousness, um, English was probably my favorite subject because there was a lot of school that uh, really wasn't my thing. Um, I, I, I went to it. Yes, I attended. I did okay. 
probably not as good as I probably could have if I would have uh, uh, put more more of that sort of effort into it like I did with English. But no, I I, um, I really liked it. I, I had one main career path in my head, and it was to play professional hockey. Now, if that never worked out, I would be damned if I wasn't covering it or doing something with sports because I, I needed to do something that was going to grab my attention for my life as a working individual in this society. And sure enough, I've been lucky to say uh, that has come 1,000% true. It has, it has. And is it fair to say you didn't like to sit still in school? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, absolutely. You know, honestly, and I think you probably remember it because we've joked about it I in do, the past. I do, I um, do. Sports was massive with me. Uh, I, I played on almost every single sports team possible. Um, extra extra activities outside of school were uh, was probably number two, and then school would probably kind of fall by the wayside, maybe even off the podium, so to speak. So um, yeah, I, I always you know you're, you're doing your school thing, but you're always thinking about what you're going to do after school. And I'm not talking about career wise. I'm talking about where are we going at three thirty and what time is <laughs> practice? Right. That's and, right. And, and more and, importantly, and, what's you know, going on like on the that. weekend, right? That, that, yeah, that's exactly it. Now. Now, it's fun to have that sort of side of it, but, you know, looking back, um, you know, I probably would have changed things, but I think a lot of people would anyway. Yeah, a little bit. And you know what? You were way ahead of your time, though, Dave, as I recall, because you were involved in your cluster. And I've spoken on this podcast before about, you know, avoid the needle in a haystack version of I must be an engineer, because Mm -hmm. if that doesn't work out and you're not good with thermodynamic math, which I saw my son doing, and, you know, I I had to keep (laughs) slipping food under the door, your whole career path may disintegrate in front of you unless you think of it in the context of a cluster, right? So you said, I'm not going to play hockey, but you were a sports guy. Like, I really admire what you did because I loved hockey, too. I used to calculate batting average, hockey and, and baseball a lot. I used to calculate batting averages all the time yeah. well before they came out i was doing math if the math and i sucked at math but if the math teacher knew that i was doing this in yeah. my head because i just got used to it and i was doing all that kind of work and i love coursey stats they drive me nuts yeah. they're so interesting you must love that stuff yeah. Uh, yeah and 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 my mom my mom will say it to this day even as a kid in single single digits i i would scan the stat pages of the winnipeg sun and the winnipeg free press and and I would go over it and over it and over it. And my mom would wonder, why am I continuing to just look at that one particular section every single day? That's when I guess we had newspapers delivered to our house. But that's right. <laughs> that's, that's, another, right. that's another story. But that was that was my life, though, as far as my reading side of things, right? That you hold, I, hold, uh, hold it. I, I taught English. I was I, with that. You weren't reading my books? What are you trying to say oh, here? Oh, occasionally I did. <laughs> I, I thought... <laughs> So, but no, it's all about the stats. And, you know, like even to this day, I'll, I'll know batting average, save percentage, a shooting percentage, goals against average before I'll remember people's birthdays and before I know days of the week. Yeah, your children must really like that. Dad, you missed my yeah. birthday. Yeah, but I know Carrie Price is average, okay? That's right. That's really important. <laughs> or I, I know what Nick's, I just talked to you about Nick Suzuki, this big contract he got. And, mm-hmm. um, you you automatically said right away, I'm sure the stats are running through your head. No, that's great value for the buck, especially in years three, four, and five or something like that because you, yep. you're already running the numbers through your head. That's pretty cool. So yeah. in high school, you're sitting there, right? You're, yep. you're, you're waiting what to do, and you want to be this guy. 
your route in those days, it was CreeCom, Creative Communications, yeah. right, at Red River. Were there any other routes? Ah, there may have been, but that was the high-profile one, wasn't it? That was. If I wanted to stay in the province, that was it. And, uh, and the funny part is, so right after high school, that was my first intention. And uh, I, I applied. Uh, I got to the testing part and failed the testing part. So um, I spent some time at the University of Winnipeg and, and, and just kind of, uh, I guess, keeping sharp, I guess you can say. As keeping far as sharp. Academic. What were you doing at the University of Winnipeg? <laughs> You're doing nothing. Weren't you? I got really good at playing pool. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I was very good at playing pool. Um, but but the thing is, I, I thought, okay, well, I, I was a little disappointed. And then a couple of years later, I, I did it again and failed again for a second consecutive time. Okay, um, so what's now, going through your head, though? Like, in those days, though, when you failed, yes. there, there, was a, there was a bigger stigma than today. Today we say, oh, fail often, fail fast. Like, that's the big entrepreneurial, you know, sure. mantra now, right? In those days, how, how did you feel going through that? Oh, like garbage because the the stuff I used to test is like like, like I, I I knew I knew um, you know that you'd you know how to write and and you'd know how to orchestrate a paragraph and so forth. But some of the testing where they give you the exact word, uh, the spelling of a word, and they give you five different options and they change letters around for you. Like that, that isn't what I looked at as, oh, I'm going to be a broadcaster. I know how to spell approximate or, or something <laughs> of that. It, it's like, why, why am I being tested on this? And I was very frustrated because I, I guess a fair assessment is I'm not necessarily school smart. I think I'm school adequate, but but street smart, you know, it might be aces kind of thing. And this this was not testing that was strong on me, and and it showed in the results. It, like when you're scoring 60s and 65s, that's not going to get you anywhere when you need 75, 80s to to get in to qualify, right? Well, that's right. But you're, in those days, testing was the only way you moved forward, right? Like in programs, I mean, even now they're getting. You see some American universities dumping their SATs to get in because those tests are ridiculous, engaging who you yep. are as a person and what you can bring to any kind of organization. So Zoe and Akira, are you guys test takers? I hate tests. I don't no, like tests. Okay. <laughs> Could you guys be a little more specific? Um, okay. You want to go first? Sure. Um, I just have a lot of trouble like remembering things. So when it comes to tests, like you have that extra stress and pressure that I just can't remember anything, and I'm practically guessing everything on the <laughs> test. All right, so you wouldn't fit into the 90s, I tell you. you no, no okay. I'm not a 90s student. But do you have the drive this guy has? Because, uh, well, Akira, what did you, are you a test person? No, and um, I, I always bring it up. Like, I always say that I could, I could go on and on about how I would redo the educational system. But I went to Nelson Mack in grade 9 because there was no test, because of project-based learning. Because I thought that would be the best way. Because I'm a hands-on kind of person. I don't like to sit down and like do things like on paper. I actually like to learn something and use it that same day. So I always scale like es es scaled. Is that what is that the word? Well, no, that's just the education system failing you. Yeah, no, well, I was always good. I'm gonna say it that way. I was always good at like metals and woods and all that because we learned something and then we would use it. So I always like to learn something and then know why I'm going to use it. So I went to Nelson for that. Yeah, and you, you know what? And I've seen both these guys. And D Dave, these two are, are great examples. They are very, honestly, they're skilled and gifted people. I work with these two. I'm so impressed with their brain, their creativity. And really, when they're working on a project, you guys get things done. Sometimes you do, Akira. You're getting better at it. <laughs> Zoe's a machine. So 
when you when you are passionate about what you're doing, you go. So you failed both these tests, but you're still passionate about sports and such. So what's going through your head, Dave? Um, I, I really didn't know at the time. Like I, I, I was I was never looking at a different direction. Um, I uh, I actually signed up for a couple marketing courses to to uh, actually pursue maybe a back route of of broadcast because a, a lot of combinations. Uh, between broadcast is marketing itself, and I've seen the I've seen the I guess the handoff between the two occupations. So I thought maybe I backdoor this from a marketing side. But lo and behold, my first year of marketing, I uh, I hear this this promo on the radio. So they are they are auditioning people to apply for this job for for this full scholarship. At Robertson Career College now, Robertson doesn't exist anymore. Yes, it does. Uh, it, yes, it does. Does it really? Yeah, it's a it. yeah. In fact, they've rebranded yeah. the whole thing. Like it looks really cool. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but do they still have the media program? Because I heard they it do. turned into ABC College. They they have it. Oh, is it ABC College though? Uh, yeah. I haven't heard that. I know that there's one for for Red River, the broadcast media, but that's a new one, and Robinson has one as well. Okay, so yeah. I, I guess people okay. are expanding. They see this they are, as they a, are, they are. A, a real need yeah. out there. Yeah, so I so I, I hear hear about this on the radio, and they're like, uh, "Give us your thirty second commercial and phone it into this number." So I, I take pen to paper, uh, very assignment driven. Give my best thirty seconds of a commercial. Pick up the phone. The voicemail comes on. I say my commercial, and that was it. About two weeks later, I received a, a phone call saying, "We'd like you to." come in to fill out some of these testing because when you go into this college, they don't want to just give it to anybody. But apparently a lot of people applied for this because they, they wanted big numbers. 300 people apply for this. And, uh, and then I get a weird call about a month later saying, listen to Q94 FM. Not sure if that exists anymore, but uh, listen to Q94 FM. We're announcing our winner. Yeah, Q94 and does exist. I think that exists. Does it? Does it? Yeah. yeah, I think it does. I think it's QX94 now. They might have, yeah. They might. Oh, well, it's still ninety four. Yeah, it's still yeah. okay. But, okay. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a, it's a, it it was a really popular rock station, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, pe- people did listen to it back in the day. I'm not sure what the story is now, but uh, so you know, lo and behold, they they announced the winner. It's me. And so the writing joke is, I I won my scholarship, ten thousand dollars scholarship, by the way, by being the tenth caller because all my friends kind of <laughs> joked about it. <laughs> Meanwhile, there was so much background behind it and that, and that's kind of where it took off, right? So I, I get that scholarship, and I'm like, boom, I'm in a broadcast media school that's that is pinpointing me in the right direction, and away we go. So what was that called? Is that's a full year at Robertson then, right? That's a full year. Well, That's you're pretty much year. learning all the hands-on stuff, all the hands-on parts of being in this industry, right? Completely, completely. And it's more of exactly what I was looking for, in front of the camera, in front of a microphone, uh, learning on the boards. I, I heard you guys talking about editing off the top. Uh, they had editing suites. It was very technical. The, the equipment in there was from uh, an old CBC guy who is now the prof of, uh, of, the, of that division of the school, so it was very detail-oriented. It was about 20 kids. Uh, there was me and another student ended up uh, being the only ones that, that really, uh, I guess, made its way through. Troy Scott, I don't know if you're familiar with Troy Scott, but he's a massive program director working in Western Canada. He worked in Winnipeg for a while. Me and him both graduated from that program and are still in the industry. Uh, 
but it was it was it was amazing and my my dedication to that one year was like no other part of my life that I've ever done well that's amazing so so you found this path see this is how serendipitous life is right you're listening to a radio show and says that says send me a quick 30 second commercial so 30 seconds of your life now when you there was, must have been a quality there was a qualitative piece to this right they select you and whittle you down they announce you yeah. they announce yeah. you as the winner right but it's it, surely they selected you right you weren't pulled out of a hat no i i got the feeling when when they started doing some tests and they went over tests and, and went over uh, an interview process. Um, one of the one of the guys kept on talking to me about certain things, and you, you know you get a feeling that you're liked or or at least appreciated when when uh, when the guy will not stop talking. And because uh, I was interviewed among four different people in a little in a little. Uh, uh, you know, 20 minute session, so yes. to speak. And you, you got the feeling and it was like, well, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to feel too confident, but sometimes, you know, when things are about to explode and sure enough, uh, this is what happened. That's fantastic. Now think about this. You, you took Crecom, you took Crecom and yep. you thinking that's all I can do in Winnipeg. Did you, where did your chance come? Like, honestly, when I saw you again, it was on television. Yeah. I thought, yeah. Is, is that my Dave? <laughs> that was probably in that was probably a global Winnipeg too, wasn't it? Yeah, something like that too. Yeah, first of all, I saw you there, and then uh, when you left global, like you you worked at Global One. What was your first big job? I guess that that said, I'm in the industry. Oh my gosh. Well, well, okay. So at the end of that that uh, course at Robertson, uh, the goal was to uh, find uh, find work as far as doing a practicum, right? And I didn't I didn't look for practicum I, I was looking for a job uh i ended up finding a job in the second last month of school that they actually they actually offered me a full salary to move to edmonton to work behind the scenes at global edmonton which was idv at the time so i so instead of working a practicum i actually received a job and that's kind of where i took off from there because i was there for a couple of years did a lot of volunteer work a lot of behind the scenes stuff uh, a lot of stuff with the oilers and the uh, and the edmonton eskimo football club at the time yes i know they're the elks now but they were eskimos not too long ago uh and uh, and basically uh earned my uh my new review tape that i would eventually send to global saskatoon and that was my first on-air job where Lights, camera, action, you're the host of the show kind of thing. So, and that's kind of where it starts. Wow. So you were ready to move out. What was it like moving away? Were you just ready to do that because of I'm a sports and this is what it is? I'm a sports guy. I wasn't. No, I wasn't. I wasn't. I was 26 years old. I know that seems that it's like, oh, you, you waited that long. <laughs> but my first move out of my house was literally to Western Canada. Uh, I wasn't prepared that way, but I was prepared to to go after the goal of, of getting into sports broadcasting. And this was, this wasn't a door opening. This was a, you know, an entire house opening for me. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I took advantage of it. Even, even, even and it, it's almost weird because it's once you, once you get into the front door, I wasn't just sitting around. I was doing literally everything. I was volunteering in the sports department. I was writing script. I was putting together tapes. I was editing. I was, I was the first intern in that building because a lot of things are free, unfortunately, when you start off in broadcasting. I was the first one to get my very own Edmonton Oiler press pass. 
and and they never gave these out unless you were a reporter and they wanted me to do post game interviews with every single uh every single Oilers game uh you know every day of the week I was getting paid zero dollars and zero cents but my goal was to use everything I did on camera there to my eventual resume tape that I would earn my first job with so I was probably working 35 hours paid and I was probably working an additional 45 hours unpaid over the course of two years to try to get what I wanted out of out of that station so is that part of what the industry says you got to do now and before great question i i i think you anything you do in life you have to you have to put in as much as you possibly can if you want it badly enough Mm -hmm. um i i I think that you know there are probably easier avenues than that but i i personally felt like if i was doing everything i possibly can and exhausting every avenue i would get to where i was going to go like like i'll take it a step forward when there was an application process with Global Saskatoon, there were probably 45 people that sent in resumes and CDs. And I guess at the time there was even VHS tape, which is going back a ways. Do you guys know I what actually, a VHS tape is? Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. I used to watch them. <laughs> I used to watch well, them. I did. Okay. Back on well, the farms. Always from a farm, right? So. Yeah, well, well, back then, so there was probably at least, well, let's just say roughly 50 people applied, 50 people sent in tapes. I drove my tape from Edmonton to Saskatoon in a six and a half hour window, knocked on the front door of Global Saskatoon, handed it to the news director and said, I'd like you to consider this because I think I'm your best candidate for, for this opening position. And sure enough, and sure, uh, did you add something I, like, and where can I get a sandwich around here? Like, it's, <laughs> holy cow, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. I love that I had, story. I had some confidence, and I think I still do, but I, I knew that I had to stand out. And as much as everybody was applying for this virtually from North America, not just Canada, yes. that I needed to sit there and look somebody in the face and say, I'm I'm your right choice. And... I can start today. So and that's I, exactly what I I'm really getting the impression like this whole industry is pretty competitive, isn't it? it um, it's like trying out for hockey teams. Like my kids played. I always played for the Bush League. So I never, you know, when I tried out for things, I knew I was going, you know, in the old days we called it the Bush League. Now it's not, I, I don't think it's quite the woke way to speak about it. Maybe, maybe a developmental league or something. But I, I was always at the bottom league go. or something. And I didn't mind. I like playing with my buddies. So I never felt the pressure. I always knew I was going to be cut. But every once in a while, you thought, hey, I got a shot. And then, hey, it's funny. They didn't invite me back for the next four practices. What happened? Anyway. Uh, but that's like, you played pretty competitive hockey, right? You played some competitive yep. sports. Yeah, I played I played Manitoba Junior. Yeah, yeah I so, did. I mean, yeah. you, you get that, right? It's a competitive. And you're looking over your shoulder at all the guys who are on your wing who are playing on that wing who you're battling with, right? I mean, that's the yeah. way you did that all the time. Is is this no, industry no. like that even even at the at the media level? Yes. Even more so. Because when you're when you're battling in camp, there's there's 25 guys uh, and they're all great and everything like that, but when you're battling for a job somewhere, uh, uh, you know, some of the positions I've applied for have had applications in the thousands. So so take that into consideration too, and try to stand out amongst that group. That's that's your, you know, you can be good because there's a lot of good people. There's a lot of good people in this industry that never made it. 
Yes. Uh, yes. But but there's there's it's that it's almost like that one percent of the one percent, right? So what what things does a, a young person have to do to stand out then? Like I'm looking at these two people in front of me. They've got to be wondering what do I need to do to stand out then? What makes a difference in you, in your mind? In my mind, yeah. uh, I well, it's you definitely have to have the drive. You have to, you know, like I was, I was constantly thinking about sports 24 seven. Now I'm not, I'm not saying everybody has to be that just to succeed, but that was, that was my thing. Right. I mean, the dedication, the drive, I think maturity also played a factor too, because the David Bastel that failed at Creecom and the David Bastel that succeeded four or five years later were completely two different people. Uh, and I think that came with maturity. And I think that's, just, you know, there's an age discretion too between ages 20 and 25. It, it's a big gap. It's, you know, it's, Yes. Yes. Yeah, it, and, well, and really, going out to live on your own and and yeah. and and survive and take care of all your own personal needs along with your professional needs, when you just embark yep. on those journeys, uh, things happen to you as a person, right? Yeah, they do. They do. And the commitments, the uh, the the sense of purpose you feel that you're you're no longer you know sitting at home waiting for that next meal when you come in the door and you're getting it yourself kind of thing, right? So um, I also knew that. If I didn't go fifth gear on on everything I was doing, uh, I would regret it probably for the rest of my life because uh, it it was I could you could taste it you could feel it it was there but I have to I have to achieve this because if I don't do it now, uh, it's it's going to pass you by. Unfortunately, it did not. Wow, that's a that's some powerful stuff. So, what are you two thinking when you hear Dave talk about you got to be in fifth gear all the time? Well. Not necessarily in the fifth gear spot, but when you were saying like, <laughs> yeah, she said, "Screw the fifth gear, Dave." I'm not well, no, no. <laughs> well, because you were saying that you were putting in a lot of extra time in your job, and I think that really helps you to stand out when applying for jobs, because it because it just shows your commitment to your work, and it shows that you will do anything to do what you love. Yeah, yeah, that that's a great way of looking at it. Exactly, Akira. What exactly. are you thinking? Um, like when you were just saying, like the fact that you drove <laughs> six hours to physically in person hand in your, your, like your tape that just, yeah, yeah that just shows a whole level of like commitment and drive. Cause it's, it's something, there's no way that you could do that and not stand out because no one's just going to drive that distance and all those hours just to be there. And, um, I, I think it's something we hear time after time, especially like with Mr. P he always talks about, and like anyone I've I've gotten the opportunity to interview um, in like in the broadcast media field, they always talk about like, oh yeah, when I was freelancing, I'll, I'd be sleeping like at, in like the studio, and then I wake up at five in the morning and run to another studio and so on, and doing all this work, and like most of it, yeah, it's a lot of times it's like volunteer work for that experience, but I feel like it's a, there's a big grind, like there's a huge grind to be so able to are, get anywhere. Are, are you two ready for the grind? Um, well, that, that was a real, uh, I, I think there's an accounting program that's opening up just down the, in another hallway if you're interested. Anyway, yeah. it's, it's actually, very, it's super intimidating. It's so it scary is. to it, think Well, it, does it scare you guys a bit? That's an interesting oh, yeah. point. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yes. Okay. Did you feel scared, Dave, doing all this? Or you just thought, I'm going to do it anyway? I'm, uh, you know, my, you know, I'm dropped. Yeah. I, I'm just you nervous. Know you know what? At times, sure. Because, you know, there's, 
you know, you're in a, you know, honestly, like that my, my, my literal first move out of my parents' basement was to Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. So when you're not working, you have a lot of time to digest and think about, am I doing this the right way? Uh, what happens if I fail? What happens if this? What happens if that? You know what I mean? Like there's a lot, you know, sometimes you hear those voices, right? And it's, uh, and my, my part in my head, most of those voices were, you can do this. And most of those voices were, you're better than that. You're better. Than, you know what I mean? So it wasn't, it, although doubt creeps, um, I was very, very sure to, to give it a solid punch <laughs> so, to get it out of the system. So, cause it's, it's always going to be there and you have a lot of time. Sometimes when you think too much, it's, uh, it's not always the most healthiest thing to do. Yeah, that's we always do that. We overthink things, that's right? Fair. Yeah. yeah. And, and 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 that's a major career. I talk to kids in career development circles. Just stop overthinking this. Just go try it. Yeah. Just go yeah. do it. I feel like a lot of people overthink and then they never end up doing what they wanted to do because they're stuck overthinking. Yeah. Right on. Hey, tell us now. I mean, you're working in the West at some of these smaller stations. I remember. Yeah. I remember seeing you on TSN and stuff like that, or sports. Yeah. So tell yeah, us when you no. moved to that level. Was this like a major leap to you? Well, well, here's here's in a nutshell. Here's what happened. So I, I I'm in Saskatoon and I'm there for about ten months. And the entire time, the goal <laughs> the goal was to I got in the front door. As soon as I got into that front door, the goal was to leave uh, because you, you 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 I'm not I'm not here to stay in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, albeit a I guess great city. I guess you didn't say that yeah. in the interview, though. <laughs> I didn't say that. No, no, no. I, you know, and it's funny because uh, when everything was said and done, um, the um, the program director uh, said to me, "You were you were here the shortest amount of time, and we weren't sure where you were going to go with everything, but we knew that there was there was enough drive that you wanted more." So we were very impressed how fast you actually actually got out of here. So okay. so. So, so the goal was to, to I, I felt that I knew that I wouldn't call Winnipeg home for the rest of my life because the, the media capital of Canada is in Toronto. So I knew I had to get there, but I wanted to work in Winnipeg. I wanted to have my grandparents watch me, my parents, my friends, my great teachers that I've had. I wanted to be the, the, the local kid that did well. So the goal was to get back to Winnipeg, and, and I was there for at least four or five years, which was great. But but then after that, and this is something you should unfortunately get used to if you're in the media industry, uh, when there's 10 jobs, media businesses will cut that to seven. And then they'll look at the seven jobs in a couple of years and say, you know what, we only need three. And then the three jobs will become one because that's the scary part about this industry. It's getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And that was the first time I was let go. And I wasn't let go because of performance. I was let go because they were cutting an entire Sportsline show. And guess who was the host of Sportsline? Me. So, so, so the, the great part about that was I get cut from Global Winnipeg the very next afternoon, basically, because I, I still remember it to this day and I'll always remember it. I'm in the office with my general manager, my program director, and my sports director, Joe Pascucci. You, you know him, yeah, yeah. Max. And we're all sitting around, and uh, I walk in smiling, and because I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking I'm getting a raise because <laughs> I've been. I, I know, I know that seriously. I'm thinking I'm getting a raise, and I walk in there and say hi to everybody and this and that, 
my general manager turns to me and says, Dave, this isn't going to be a very good conversation. And then as soon as you hear that, the, and we've all been there, the sweat down your back starts to, you know, it clicks in. I'm like, okay, what have I done? And sure enough, I didn't do anything, but it's, they were making cuts. I get cut. And so I'm, I'm stunned. I'm shocked. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I, I'm like, okay, what do I do now? I go back to my desk. I grab my, uh, I grab all my, like it's a, basically a phone book and I head out the door and within 15 minutes, I was knocking on the door at a channel and, <laughs> and I'm not joking. This is how, this is how cocky I was. I was knocking on the door at a channel 15 minutes after losing my job at global Winnipeg, asking to speak to the program director. He knows who I am just through the industry. I walk into his office. I explain my situation. And he says to me, uh, you know, it's unfortunate, so forth, but we love your anchoring. Would you consider news anchoring? Because if you were, uh, we'd like you to audition. And the audition is on Monday. This is a Friday. And on Monday, I was auditioning at the A channel as a news anchor for that station. And that's, that's the kind of mentality you have to have in this industry because it's not, it's not so much when you get knocked down, but how fast and how strong you get up from that knockdown because I've been knocked down probably three or four times in this industry, but I've gotten up every single time and you can never stop getting up or you're finished. Yeah. So you, then from eight channel, where did you go? Uh, eight channel. I'm there now. I'm not joking about this. Eight channel. I get the job. I'm a weekend news anchor reporter during the week. Four weeks later, I get a phone call from the score in Toronto. Uh, that's my big break because they said they've been watching me on Global Winnipeg. They heard about my situation. They heard I'm at A-Channel, blah, blah, blah. Would you be interested in, in, in they offered me a job. I didn't apply. They offered me the job. So they noticed uh, you out there. You got noticed out there. That's awesome. Yeah. 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 They, they, uh, they said it's a mat leave in Calgary and you'd be covering the flames and the stampeders. And before they even announced how much I was going to make, I said yes. So, and that's that's where it kind of takes off. I go from Calgary, covered for a year. The score loves me. I love them. I still love them. I think it's the greatest company I've ever worked for. Met my future wife at the score as well. So I don't have to tell you how important that is. They moved me to Ottawa. I cover the Senators. I cover everything Ottawa, etc. Sportsnet discovers me. And Sportsnet hires me out of Ottawa from the score and takes me as their own. I become the Maple Leaf reporter the top job in the country. And that's kind of where I finally make my connection to Toronto. And uh, I've been there ever since. I haven't been at the Sportsnet, of course, <laughs> because I've had stops at CSN and the Fan 590 and some other places, but NHL Network as well. But uh, that was how I dove into uh, the market of Toronto, Ontario. Well, that, that's a spectacular piece. Now, you told me in, a, in another conversation that you kind of they let you go. In, in this business, people just let you go, right? Yeah. Uh, so you lost yeah. a few of those. Like when you went to, you were fortunate to move from uh, from Calgary. Were you let go at Calgary? Did you just find another opportunity no, in Ottawa? No, no, no. The contract was up in Calgary. And okay. The score, the score asked me uh, if if I am willing to take another one-year term, but it would be in Ottawa. And, of course, I said yes. Okay. And then okay. when I'm in Ottawa, everything's going good there. I Actually, I didn't mind the city too, too much, but... Uh, when you're in Ottawa and you see Toronto in the in the rearview mirror kind of thing, or I guess yeah, in the, that's, in the, that's in the sports you, holy city. That that that's it, right? 
Yeah, so yeah. And then, so uh, what was I the worst? The jump there. You said you've been let go a couple of times. What was the worst moment where you thought, where you just went, oh, geez, not now? Uh, it was probably it was probably in Toronto, uh, getting getting cut from uh, from Sportsnet when I was covering the Leafs because that was you know I was on top of the podium at that time and then and of course it, it, you know when you look back at it you're like well of course you're going to get cut eventually because uh, when you have you know seven Leaf reporters in eight years guess what that means you know what I mean that's right that's right <laughs> so it's like always that new face in there and and there's so many different people making decisions uh, uh, ahead of you. And, and sometimes if you're hired by one person and the other person, and then he or she moves on, another person comes in and just like sports uh, mags, you know, if, if you're not, if you're not their guy, uh, a lot of times um, the new guy isn't going to love the decisions of the prior general manager or the prior PD or the prior uh, associate producer and so forth. So, yeah, yeah you get you get you get tossed around a little bit in the blender well you're, um, well you're in a great job right now aren't you something you love i i am yeah but you know what the funny thing is i i do a lot of little things right so i i host the morning show on news talk saga 960 which is great i get to do it out of my home which is even better because the commute down the stairs in the basement is like none other um i also work at the fan 590 on the weekend doing uh, a couple different shows for them uh, I've gotten the last couple of years. I've started to work for Sports Interaction, which is Canada's uh, online sports book. Now that gaming and sports betting and gambling, lots to do with sports, of course, it has to be sports if it's going to hold my interest. Uh, is uh, is now probably one of the hottest properties in North America right now. Yeah, gambling uh, is exploding, about, isn't it? Yeah, it really is, and it's the same sort of analysis because it's you're breaking down numbers, you're looking at trends, you know, to yeah, uh, you know yeah. why is the home team, why is the visiting team, who's injured, who's not injured. Uh, you know, I'm not necessarily looking at why somebody won. Who's I'm throwing the game? Why I think. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you hear these guys throwing the game? That killed me. every time I bet. I find out somebody threw the game. Oh, great! <laughs> I, I'm a really lucky. I'm a really lucky gambler. There you go. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so so stuff like that, right? And uh, and it's been a lot of fun. I, I I'm still in the industry I, I want to be in, and uh, and it's uh, it's been you know obviously there's been plenty of luck and there's been plenty of prepared opportunities that I've been ready for. And I think when you combine the two, uh, it's uh, a successful rest. Oh, that's a great line. Obviously, you do these sound bites all the time. Yeah, time code that one, okay? <laughs> All right, for sure. I like it, I like it. Anyway, you know what? This is amazing. What would you tell a young person now? I'm looking at these two young person, and yeah. you scared the bejesus out of them, So that's a, this, which was part of your goal, I guess. <laughs> uh, so what would you tell young people? Now, these guys are a little past it, right? But a kid, they're in it. They've chosen broadcast media because they've already yeah. had you know, a sense of it, a sniff of it, and, and, and they're enjoying it and they want to move on and do this. What would you tell just a kid sitting in a classroom in grade 11 like you were? Like, do you remember the, but way back when you organized the, uh, yeah. the original Don Cherry fan club? That's right. Like, that's yeah. amazing that's... because you were a sports guy, you know, and in those days, Cherry was, you know, a crusty pundit. Everybody kind of half admired or didn't, right? Now right. it's kind of canceled, but it's in those days in the in 1990 the guy was a celebrity. more popular than the prime minister right Meg? well that's something like that at the time right 
And yeah. you reached yeah. out to him. Yeah. That's yeah. an amazing <laughs> thing. Like who would choose to reach out to one of Canada's at the time celebrities and yeah. say, no, uh, it really was. we want to do something. Yeah. So I always knew when you did that, uh, something interesting would happen to you. And that was with your buddy Kutka there, Warren. And, yeah. was, and you know what? Still, still my best friend to this day too. So that's, that's the funniest part. So, Oh, that's an awesome thing. Uh, yeah. He's, uh, I probably don't go a day without texting him. Uh, and sometimes it's, uh, making fun of each other and sometimes it's serious and sometimes it's a lot of Winnipeg jet talk. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh, that's a beautiful thing. You know what? I'm getting the word from these Cracker Jack producers here that you're going a little long, Magnifico. And you know what, Bastel, did I ever go long in class? Was that ever a problem? No, no. So you, you kind of tapped out early all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, or maybe that was me. Maybe okay. that was me. No, I think it was you. I, I just kept talking. Sometimes I was talking, people were leaving the room. I never quite understood how that worked. Hey, let, let me share a story with you, too, okay. because I, I, the one thing, I don't think I've ever told you this, because you and I have talked over the years, and it's been fantastic. You're one of the few teachers I, I actually uh, still talk to, and it's not because I don't like my teachers. It's there's certain teachers you hit it off with and certain teachers are just going to be teachers, right? I always, I always, I was disappointed in myself because you were a big basketball guy yes. and I like basketball a lot, but I could never try out for your teams because basketball interfered with hockey and hockey season ran side by side with basketball. Yes. And my coach, my coach has always told me you're either going to do one or the other. And guess what? <laughs> You, you, sir, were always the silver medalist in my mind because I, I was a fairly decent basketball player and I always wanted to play, but it was, it, unfortunately, it always conflicted with hockey and, and hockey will be my forever gold medal. Well, that's, look at this analogy. He turns it into an Olympic decathlon event. I think it's a beautiful thing. You're a sports guy. You're full of metaphors, right? It's one metaphor after another. That's funny. I just love that you pursued this. Now we're going to do, hey, and um, hey, quickly, what would you tell a kid, though, who's sitting there thinking, what should I do with my life? What would you quick, quickly give us? Quickly, some, yeah. Quickly, because well, we got to get onto this. Yeah, no, I know. Well, you have to be committed. You have to have the, the purpose of really wanting to do this. You can't just like it. You, I'm, I'm going to say obsess over it. When I say obsess, I mean it in the best possible way. I don't mean it in, in a, sometimes the way obsess is. Is, is kind of thrown out in society. You yeah. have to have the drive, the maturity, the dedication, the wanting, the needing. You, you, you have to, you know, you have to read, you have to watch, you have to learn, you have to evaluate, you have to throw yourself fully into it. But if it's truly something you want, uh, don't, don't let anybody stop you because there's always, there's always going to be somebody that isn't sure. But guess what? They don't run your decisions. You have to take care of yourself. You have to answer to yourself. And if you could live with your decisions at the end of the day, then that's that's probably the best route that you could possibly do. And that's probably the best way I could describe it as well. Well, that's a great line. Again, it's you're. I'm, I'm always talking. I feel like I'm talking to a Hallmark card here. It's unbelievable. <laughs> you're, you're fantastic at this. I don't have any notes in front of me. I'm okay, sorry. I know. I no, I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> anyway, you know, we do one quick round here. You guys ready? We're going to ask you some questions. I'm going to spring this on you. Call it the whip it round. They're going to ask you things. You have to answer them real quick. Fire. Okay? And don't prolong this. So in, the, in the last whip it round, people started explaining, discussing. That's not the purpose, you guys. It's, it's quick. <laughs> okay. It's got to be fast. Okay? Are you ready? Who's going first? Yeah. Okay. All right. So the whip it round, we're going to ask you a few questions. You have to answer them as 
quick as you can, as Mr. Magnifico says, quick as a whip. Yep. So, the snap of a whip. Snap the of snap. A whip. Like I, I'm an old Indiana <laughs> Jones guy, okay? That's why we call it the whip around. Okay. Um, so what's your dream vacation location? Uh, Turks and Caicos. Coffee or tea? Uh, neither. Car or bike? Car. Favorite music artist? So, oh, jeez, you too. And what do you put on your toast? Butter only, and sometimes nothing. Summer or winter? Uh, winter. Is your desk messy or tidy? Messy. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Wars by far. Something in your fridge that's likely expired? Uh, chocolate milk. Favorite social media platform? Twitter. Twitter by far. And you just got whipped. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is where we're, we're trying to brand this, and it's going very slowly. Oh, so. yeah. It's not, <laughs> we're not doing good at this. <laughs> but we're getting you better. Guys, Any great you insight you want to offer to us, Dave, about how to do the whip it round, please, uh, yeah. please send well, us. You know, well, you guys, I, I kind of threw a, a, a little bit at you because I've never drank a coffee in my life, and I've, I've had maybe two teas in my life, so it really wasn't fair because I said nothing to an of No, but that's okay. That clearly said. That's okay. Yeah, tell me which one you like. And that just like, tells uh, us you're you have a bit of a dysfunctional mind, and and and, and yeah, we can appreciate that. that. I completely understand. That. You've known that you, for thirty years. Yes, I've known that for a long time. You are your own coffee. You are awake and alive all the time. That's why I said you take care of things in class. That's why I said you never really like to sit. It seemed like you were on coffee, but you weren't. Anyway, I don't know what else you were on on there, but anyway, we'll continue on, ladies and gentlemen. That was great. Dave, this has been spectacular. I can't tell you how I enjoyed this and connecting with you again, and I want to talk with you down the road, obviously, but it's so nice hearing your story in this kind of detail. So I hope you guys got something out of this, you broadcast media folks. Yes? Yes. yes. Okay, yes. great. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Teacher said that. We better give him a yes. Anyway. I appreciate it, Dave, and uh, that's the end of our program for today. So, ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of Adventures in Careerland. Be safe out there. We'll see you next time. 